So this morning I want to look at Ephesians 4 verse 25 and I want to talk this morning on this, this thought. Telling the truth in a world of deception. Telling the truth in a world of deception. So look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25. He says, Therefore, and I've mentioned that when you see that word therefore, it's referencing back to what he just said. So keep in mind, as I said last week, He has told us that we're to no longer live like the rest of the world. That the old man's been put off, that we're to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, and that we're to put on the new man. Based on all of that, He says, Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence today, and we thank you for the opportunity to open your word. Ask God today that you would give me the ability to say what needs to be said. That, Lord, you would give me thoughts and help me to form the words that need to be spoken. And I pray today for open hearts, open ears of the people that they would receive what you would have them to receive. God, do a work in our lives today, and for all that you do, we'll give you praise and honor and glory for it all. We ask it in the mighty matchless name of Jesus, and the people of God said, Amen. Telling the truth in a world of deception. One of the greatest moral issues that we all struggle with is that of telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. In fact, we live in a world that struggles to be honest. We know the phrase, the saying, honesty is the best policy, but we know that honesty isn't always easy. We know that honesty doesn't always come naturally. In fact, because of our sinful nature, because we have a bent towards sin, it's actually much easier to be dishonest. It's actually much easier to tell a lie than it is to tell the truth. We even struggle with it even though we are saved. In fact, sometimes we get caught up in, uh, I don't want to say spiritual lies, but we, we often tell people, I'll pray for you, and we don't pray for them. What do you call it? I mean, it's, it's nothing more than a, a lie. But here in verse 25, Paul, he cautions the believers against the sin of lying. And that amazes me that Paul would have to warn believers about lying. But that's what he's doing in this verse. He's telling them, you need to put away lying and speak the truth. Now why would Paul be warning these believers about lying? Because Paul knows the heart is desperately wicked, that the heart is deceitful. And often when we're put in a position where the truth can be painful will sometimes resort to lying. If you just look at our nation, you can see that we live in a nation of deception. We live in a nation of, of liars. I mean, people will lie at the drop of a hat to protect themselves and to save face or to get ahead. People will lie. You have advertisements and advertisers who 
false advertise. They'll lie to promote and sell their product. And guess what? This is a political year. It's 2020. And so you'll have politicians who'll make so-called promises. They'll, they'll lie. Why? So they can get your vote. And on and on it goes. The lies, the deception that takes place in our world. But as we look at this verse, Paul warns us of what not to do and what to do. And he tells us why we should do it. And so I want to give you three things this morning from this verse. Number one, Paul says, stop lying. Pretty plain, pretty simple. But that's what he says. He says, stop lying. He says, put away lying, put away falsehood. The New Living Translation says, stop telling lies. And so there's a couple questions I want us to answer here under this heading. And that first question I want to look at is this. What is lying? Lying is anything that isn't the full truth. Anything that's not the complete truth, the total truth, and the absolute truth is a lie. But lying also includes more than telling direct falsehoods. You see, we think of lying so many times as just somebody who blatantly lies and outright is dishonest, but sometimes lying involves twisting the truth, perverting the truth, or burying what is true. Sometimes you can lie when you are silent and don't say anything because you refuse to speak up about what you know is false. I'll say it this way, you become an accessory to a lie. And you may have the lesser sin, but it's still sin. You see, when we exaggerate by adding falsehood to that which starts out as truth, it's a lie. When we exaggerate stories and blow up stories to make ourselves look better or to make things look worse, that's a lie. When we change the facts to spare someone's feelings, it's a lie. You know what I'm talking about. But those, those innocent lies, and I'll talk more about this in a moment, but, but those so-called innocent lies, when somebody asks you, does this look good on me? And you know you want to tell them the truth. That No, it doesn't look good on you, but to, to, to not hurt feelings. Oh, you look wonderful in that outfit today. We can try to maneuver it however we want to, but it's a lie. Right? If it's not totally true, it's false. When we make promises we know we can't keep, it's a lie. When we withhold information to mislead people or deceive people, it's a lie. Hear me this morning. Whenever you alter the truth or distort the truth or withhold the truth in any way, it is a lie. But secondly, I want us to answer what lying does. Don't change the slide yet, Brother Bill. What lying does. So we know what lying is. It's being false. It's distorting truth. But what does lying do? Three things that it does. Number one, lying misrepresents the truth. Lying hides the truth. Lying camouflages the truth. And the person that's being lied to, if they don't know that the information you're giving them is false, they're going to live their life based on a lie. They'll make decisions based on false information because you misrepresented 
the truth. But secondly, lying deceives others. You see, lying is deception because it distorts the truth, it twists the truth, and it leads people astray. You see, that's why there's so much false teaching in our world today is because people are using lies and manipulating the truth to deceive people and lead them away from the things of God. Lying deceives others. But thirdly, lying hinders relationships. Think about how many marriages have been destroyed because of a lie. Think of how many friendships have been ruined because of a lie. Think of how many uh, households that there's division and chaos and that the parents and the children are estranged because there's no truthfulness in the house. There's nothing but lies and false promises in the house. Lying hurts relationships. I can promise you that if you're not truthful in your marriage to your spouse and they ever get to a place where they distrust you, you're headed for trouble. So what is lying? What lying does? But thirdly, what types of lies are there? Well, you've got the half-truth. You tell some of the truth, but not all of the truth. Then this is when you call into work and you say that you don't feel well. And so you lay out of work. But here's the thing. You're not so sick as much that you need to miss work. So you told partial truth. You may not feel 100%, but it's not so bad that you need to lay out of work. You just want to do something else. That's a half truth. It's a lie. Anything but the whole truth is a lie. And then you got the so-called innocent white lie. The little lie that doesn't hurt anybody. We've all told those. Then you got the lies that cover for someone or ourselves. This is when, if, if you're at work, and you know the boss is in the next room, but somebody calls, say, hey, can I speak to the boss man? And you know he's right next door, but no, he's not available right now. He's not here. I'll have him call you later. Or you cover for yourself. You see, lying is all about trying to save face, to protect ourselves. You've got Exaggeration. This is when you stretch the truth or embellish the truth. You, you kind of manipulate the story to make yourself look better or to gain sympathy from others. We all know about exaggeration, don't we? Talk to any fisherman. And you'll get some exaggeration. The, the fish always seems to get bigger every time he tells it. Isn't that right, Brother Tom? Or you talk to those who, who, who hunt. And they'll talk about how this, they killed this great big monster buck and it always gets bigger every time they tell the story. I mean, it starts out, he's 140 pounds and then he's 160 pounds and all of a sudden he's up to 200 pounds. Monster of a buck. Why? Because we like to exaggerate and embellish. But if it's not the whole truth, it's a, it's a lie. But here's the thing about those kinds of stories. We don't lie about where we fish. We don't lie about the kind of rod and reel we used or the bait we used. It's just the fish gets bigger. One little detail changes. And it becomes a lie. Can I tell you the easiest lie to fall into? It's the silent lie. This is where you know something to be untrue. Something is false. But you refuse to say anything about it. You just keep quiet. 
You know there's something shady going on at your work. You've discovered it. But you just kind of turned a blind eye and you let it go. Listen, you've participated in a lie. Just being silent. We also do this when people sometimes give us personal compliments and they kind of put us on pedestals and make us out better than what we really are. But we don't change it. We don't correct them because we like how it makes us feel. It's a silent lie. I, 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 I didn't expect this to shout this morning, but I want us to understand that if we aren't careful, these are problems all of us can deal with. People who are on their way to heaven, we can all deal with these things. You've got evasive lies. You want to change the subject or don't directly answer the question. You've got to turn the attention away from it, an evasive lie. And then here, here, here's a way people lie, cheating. Cheat on our taxes because we'll justify where the government's unfair and the government takes too much and uh, they, they, they just want to do away with the little man. And we'll try to rationalize it. Cheat on tests with the excuse that everyone does it. And I did some cheating in high school. We've all been there. But cheating is a form of lying. Now here's the thing. Most of these are acceptable to the world. Everything I've just mentioned to you, the white lie, the evasive lie, the silent lie, the half-truth, all of those are totally acceptable to the world. The world says it's okay to distort the truth or to shade the truth or to tell a little white lie if it serves your own purpose and serves your own need. The world says that's totally okay. That's how you succeed. That's how you get ahead in life. And I would say this morning that for most of us, lying is an unconscious survival technique. In other words, we lie to protect ourselves. We lie to escape consequences. We lie to stay out of trouble. You did it growing up. I did. Your parents say, did you do that? No, ma'am. Knowing you did it. Why? Because you wanted to stay out of trouble. And guess what? We still do it in adulthood, trying to stay out of trouble. But let me ask you, how many times have you been in a situation where somebody asks you, did you do this or did you say that? And you just flat out tell them no. Why? Because you're trying to save face. You don't want to be exposed. You see, it's instinct to lie. It's natural for us to lie. Kids do it all the time. You can see your kid covering on the wall. And go to them and say, did you put that crayon on the wall? No. And you saw them do it. Why is that? It's because the heart is deceitful. The heart is wicked. The heart is sinful. That's why. You take Isabella. She's 12 years old. She has Down syndrome. I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. But she's had times in her life where she hasn't been totally honest. And here's the thing, even with her mental capacity not being 100%, she still knows how to embellish things and exaggerate things. For example, there's been times she'll she'll take a marker and she writes on her face and she'll write on the baby's face and we go to clean her up and we say, Isabella, you're not supposed to mark on your face. You're not supposed to to draw on your face. You're not supposed to draw on your baby dolls. You're not supposed to to do this because you might get it on the, the couch. You might get it on something. You might ruin something. Why did you do this? And she'll say, baby doll did it. And and that's being totally truthful with you. Has she not 
She'll say, the baby doll marked on her face and marked on itself face. And listen, I didn't have to teach her how to do that. Nobody has to be taught how to lie. Because ever since the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and tried to sidestep God's truth and blame other people, people have been lying ever since. It's in our DNA. It's in our nature just to lie. But the thing is, God wants something different from us. Paul says, stop lying. Stop lying. And again, it amazes me he's talking to believers, but he tells them, stop lying. Why? Because God wants something different for us. God wants something better for us. God doesn't want to be people of falsehood and people of lies. God wants us to, secondly, speak truth. That's the second thing I want to give you. So he says, put away lying, but speak truth. You see, we're to be characterized by truth. We're to be people who always speak the truth. But here's the question. How do you become a person of truth? How do you become a person of integrity, a person of honesty? Let me give you five things real quickly for becoming a person of truth. Number one, you've got to recognize the source of truth and the source of falsehood. Recognize the source of truth and the source of falsehood. You see, God is the source of truth. His word is truth. God is not a man that he should lie. And so all truth stems and comes from God. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible tells us in John 1, 14 that he's full of grace and truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who guides us into all truth. So God is the source of all truth. But secondly, Satan is the source of falsehood and lies. In John 8, 44, Jesus said that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. And so I want to ask you this morning, who do you want to imitate? Because here's the thing, when you speak truth, you imitate God. But when you speak falsely, you imitate Satan. And so when you get ready to speak and say something, we need to ask ourselves, who am I getting ready to imitate? God? Or say. But secondly, recognize the importance of truthfulness to God. How many believe truthfulness is important to God? You see, truthfulness is important to God because He is the God of truth and He hates lying and He hates falsehood. In Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, there are seven things listed that God hates and two of those seven things have to do with lying. God is a God of truth and He wants His people to be people of truth. God does not want us to be people who lie. And so we've got to recognize the importance of truthfulness to God. Proverbs 12, 22 says this, Lying lips are detestable to the Lord, but faithful people are His delight. He detests lying lips, but faithful people are His delight. Truthfulness matters to God. But thirdly, you have to choose to obey God by making a prior commitment not to lie, but rather to speak the truth. Choose to obey God by making a prior commitment not to lie, but rather to speak the truth. Let me break this down. First, you have to choose to obey God. You'll notice in the text that Paul doesn't say go to a therapist and try to figure out why you lie. He doesn't say go talk to somebody and try to figure out why you are the way you are. He just says stop lying. 
In fact, he also says, don't pray for area, for victory in this area. He just says, stop lying. That's what he says. He doesn't give a process to overcome it. He doesn't list four steps to deal with lying. He just says, put lying away from you and speak truth. In other words, choose to obey God. Listen, that ought to be enough motivation. Right? Just obey God. Because God says, put away lying. We ought to choose to obey God. But second, you've got to make a prior commitment not to lie. You see, you've got to decide not to lie before you get into a situation that tempts you to lie. You've got to make a commitment that I'm not going to lie when faced with temptation. But third, you've got to make a prior commitment to tell the truth, even if it makes you look bad. You see, we lie because the truth exposes our sin. Or we fear what's going to happen if we're honest. But hear me this morning. We need to be honest regardless of how it makes us look in front of other people. You see, one way to start this battle of becoming a person of truth is determined to speak the truth even in small matters. You've got to learn how to be honest in small things. Because here's the thing. If you can't, in fact, let me say this. Charles Finney said this. A person who is dishonest in little things isn't really honest in anything. A person who is dishonest in little things isn't really honest in anything. Listen, if you can't be honest about the small matters of life, you're not going to be honest about the big things in life. You've got to start with being honest over the small things. Cashier gives you too much money at the checkout. Be honest enough to take it back. Don't come up with this idea, well, they overcharge for everything anyway, so their mistake, my gain. No, be honest enough to take it back make it right. Because if you can't be honest in that, you won't be honest in your marriage. And let me just say this. You can think you got away with it, but God knows. It's better to be honest about everything. Just be honest. But number four, confess your sins immediately first to God and then to the ones you have sinned against. Confess your sins immediately first to God and then to the ones you have sinned against. You see, we have this idea, this mistaken idea that hiding our sin protects us. That if I cover my sin, I'll be protected and nobody will know about it. But here's the thing. Eventually the truth will come out and your sin will be exposed. And all the trust that you've built up over time will be eroded and it'll fall down in a moment. You see, it's better to seek forgiveness. It's better to ask God to forgive you. It's better to go to people and say, hey, I've lied to you. I've been dishonest to you. And it's better to seek forgiveness and it's better to confess your sin than to keep trying to hide it. Proverbs 28, 13 tells us this, the one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find Mercy. Listen, I want mercy and I want grace. How do I do it? I've got to deal with my sin. I've got to get honest with God and get honest with other people. But number five, consider the consequences of lying. Listen, lying has consequences. Proverbs 19.5 says this, A false witness will not go unpunished and the one who utters lies will not escape. Proverbs 19.9 A false witness will not go unpunished and the one who utters lies perishes. 
here's the thing. You may better try to give examples of people who lied and seemed to have gotten away with it. But as I said earlier, God knows. They didn't get away with, with God. They might fool you and they might fool others, but they didn't fool God. They didn't get away with it. Listen, if you sow falsehood, you're not going to reap God's blessing. God wants us to be people of truth. If we're going to speak truth, how do we do that? Let me give you some questions that you need to ask yourself about lying. How could my lying bring glory to God? If He is the God of truth and we're to glorify Him in all that we do, how could we possibly conceive that a lie would bring glory to God? It won't. Lying will not bring glory to God. But a second question we need to ask ourselves when it comes to dealing with lying is this. How will my lying affect other believers? I'll talk more about this in the third point, but here's the thing. Our lying affects our brothers and sisters in Christ. When we're dishonest with each other, trust is eroded, communication is broken down, and we can't be everything that God wants us to be when we lie one to another. But thirdly, how will my lying affect my family? Again, if your spouse can't trust you, you're going to have problems in your marriage. If your children look at you and dads, they look at you and, and they know that you're always lying and always speaking falsehood and never fulfilling your promises, they'll know you can't be trusted. But guess what? Eventually, they'll begin doing what you do. And they'll lie. Abraham lied. Jacob lied. Isaac, listen, it went right down the family. They all struggled with it. going to affect your family. You see, we sometimes think that lying protects us and it protects others, but it doesn't. Eventually, everybody gets affected and everybody gets hurt. But here's another question. How will my lying affect my testimony before unbelievers? Listen, people are looking at your life, they're reading your life, they're reading my life, and if you profess to be a Christian, if you profess to read the Word of God and go to church... And then all of a sudden you begin to do something shady and dishonest. You're going to hurt your witness. As a matter of fact, let me say this, that if you have a problem with lying and being dishonest, you have no right to share the gospel with unbelievers. Here's another question. How will my lying affect my eternity? Now listen, I believe in the security of the believers. I'm not saying that you'll lose your salvation for lying. There were great men and women in the Bible who lied. Abraham lied when he went down to Egypt to protect himself. It followed in his sons, grandsons. They had problems with lying. So there's great men in the Bible, people of faith, who lied. I'm not saying you'll lose your salvation if you lie, but here's what I am saying. If you have a problem with constant habitual lying, you need to ask yourself whether or not you've been born again. Because you can't go on living the way you've always lived. And if you go on living a habitual life of lying and falsehood and trying to deceive people and distorting the truth, you need to ask yourself, have I been redeemed? Because genuine faith cannot keep on lying. A genuine person, that's, a person that's been genuinely saved cannot keep on distorting the truth and speaking falsehood. You can't be characterized by lies. Listen, a Christian may fall sometimes and give in to a lie and may sometimes be dishonest, but your life will not be characterized by lying if you're saved. 
Your life will be characterized by speaking the truth and being honest and being integrity. In fact, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, our word ought to be good enough for people. But listen to what Revelation 21.8 says. Because sometimes people think lying is not a big deal. But this says, cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters. That, that, that sounds like some pretty big things, doesn't it? Sounds like some heinous sins, doesn't it? Things that we would say, preacher, I, I don't do those things, but notice the last thing. And all, what does it say? Liars. Their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Think lying matters to God? I believe it does. And so as believers, we've got to fight against this fleshly tendency towards lying. You've got to fight it. Because again, I know it's so much easier sometimes just to be a little innocent white lie and just kind of shade the truth or hold back the truth, not give all the information. Listen, you've got to fight that tendency. God, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to speak the truth, even if it costs me, even if it makes me look bad, even if I have to get egg on my face, I'm going to speak the truth. But here's the reason why. Number three, point three. Why? Why stop lying and start speaking the truth? Why? It's because he tells us there in the verse that we are members of one another. We're to stop lying and start speaking the truth because when we lie, we not only sin against God, we sin against the body of Christ. You see, we're united, we're connected through faith in Jesus, and when we lie, you see, we not only hurt God, we hurt each other. We're members one of another. You see, lying in the body of Christ, lying to each other, it disrupts the unity, it creates conflict, and eventually it leads to all-out open warfare in the church. You see, lies and false messages among the members of the body render the body dysfunctional. Think about your own physical body for a moment. And if you see something that is hot, but your mind tells you it's cold, it's not hot, and you put your hand on it, guess what you're going to do? You're going to get hurt. Because there's a false signal being sent to your brain. Well, just imagine how it is in the body of Christ when there's false signals and false messages. The body can't function. You see, we'll never be all that God wants us to be. We'll never flourish, we'll never grow and do everything that God wants us to do until we learn to put away lying and start dealing truthfully with each other. We've got to learn how to be honest with our struggles, our failures. We've got to learn how to be honest with our conflict with each other. And here's the thing, we don't like doing that because here's the thing, it's always easier to talk about people than it is to talk to people. It's easier to talk about them than it is to go to them and talk to them. But listen, if we're going to have everything God wants us to have and do everything God wants us to do, we've got to learn to talk to each other rather than talk about each other. And I know it's difficult. 
But honesty always begins with love. The scripture tells us faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes we need some correction. Sometimes we need some rebuke. Sometimes we need encouragement. But we got to learn how to talk together. In closing, truthfulness isn't valued like it once used to be valued. Honesty is not valued like it once used to be valued. But Paul tells us that we as believers were to put away lying and we're to speak the truth. Augustine said this, I've had experience of many who wished to deceive, but not one who wished to be deceived. I've had experience of many who wished to deceive, but not one who wished to be deceived. Listen, nobody wants to be deceived. Nobody wants to be lied to. So I would say to us today that if you don't want to be deceived, then stop deceiving others. I pray today that the Holy Spirit has used this verse in some way to convict your heart, deal with your life, because, uh, again, this is an issue that we can all struggle with. Listen, saved, unsaved, we, we, we struggle with this moral issue of being honest. God wants us to be people of truth. Amen. We're to tell the truth in a world of deception. Stand with me.